Hey, good morning. How y'all doing this today? Uh, beautiful Sunday morning. It's a beautiful Saturday. Uh, I've always thought, you know, it don't matter what the weather's really like. You know, uh, I know we go through hurricanes and tornadoes, but but the spirit of that day, that spirit that lives inside of you, no matter the storm, no matter the sun, no matter what's going on, if you have Christ inside you, the, the things around you uh, don't seem to be so bad. All things work together to to the good, to those who are qualified and called by His name. And, and, and you know, and man, I, I, I'm coming to you out of Psalms 27. Psalms 27. And, you know, I, I, I've, I, I've experienced some things over the last little bit of time that is you know we li- we live in a bubble we really do especially especially south mississippi now i, I know that i know that we have murder and, and, and rape and we have hate we have we have race uh, uh racism you know we have jealousy we have we have all the sins i i, I know that i know that um but but overall Overall, we pretty much live in a bubble compared to 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 big city life, compared to to uh, Los Angeles, to Seattle, New York, uh, New Orleans, uh, even Mobile. You know, uh, uh, when you live when you live in the the, the smaller cities and the smaller towns, uh, you don't have the the the, the rate of of, of of sin and sometimes you you seem to forget what goes on outside of your bubble and and, and granted there's nothing you can really do about it i mean you don't, you don't you know god puts you where you live uh, and, and you're supposed to be a good steward of the, the 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 section of land your community where your church is is where your outreach is and that's where you're a good steward at. You reach out to your local community. You you want to have some type of uh, door-to-door ministry. You want to do something, some type of ministry uh, to reach lost souls. You know, the church is a hospital. You're supposed to be out there bringing the wounded in from, from, from the war of the world. And, and and sometimes, you know, it's it's wonderful. We're supposed to. It's necessary to uh, uh, support missionaries that are on the front lines in China and, you know, all, all these war-torn regions of Africa and, you know, all over the world, there's places you get killed for say There's 53 countries where the name of Jesus is illegal just to say the name of Jesus, you know, but so sometimes, sometimes we forget just how bad this world is. You know, we have our own problems, and they seem like the worst problems in the world. But most of the time, our problems fail in comparison to others. But when it's happening to you, it's the worst it could possibly be. But you know what? One problem has, one man has a problem is nothing for a, another man. And, you know, I'm probably going to get this little story wrong, but there was a guy that was a... a a quadriplegic and he seen a man that was a, a paraplegic and he said man I wish I could be in that wheelchair 
You know, the first guy couldn't use none of his four limbs. One guy could use his arms and not his legs. He was able to move around the wheelchair. And the guy in the wheelchair, seeing the guy was one leg on, you know, and had like a, a, a limb, you know, and, and he was like, man, I wish I had just one leg I could walk on. Well, the guy was one leg seeing somebody jogging and, and had two healthy legs and shit, man, I wish I had two healthy legs. And the guy that was jogging seen somebody on a bike and he said, man, I wish I had a bike. And the guy on the bike looked at the guy that went by in the car and he said, man, I wish I had a car. You know, it, it goes on and on. And, and, and the thing is, we have to learn to live in what we got. Because we always, the flesh covets something more. So, but when you have a problem in your life, you know, you got to learn to trust in Jesus Christ and be grateful that it ain't worse than what it is. You know, uh, some of us get a splinter or a hangnail and we scream and cry and other people, you know, like this one lady, uh, uh, she's a quadriplegic and she does these paintings. I spoke about her a couple weeks ago uh, with her mouth and uh, she praises Jesus with, with these paintings that, and all she has is a paintbrush she can use her mouth to move with and they're beautiful paintings. So I'm coming to you out of Psalms 27 because... I want us to know that, that we're to have confidence in the Lord. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to be gloom and doom because I believe with all my heart there's still more goodness on this earth than bad. There's still more love than hate because where grace is, more sin is, grace did much more abound. I don't believe that no sin can, can be worse than God's grace. I don't think a sin can outdo God's grace. I believe Though I believe that all men and women, regardless of how evil they are, God's grace can save them if they would do it properly. If they would call upon the name of the Lord and believe and confess with their mouth and believe it in their heart, they can be saved. I, I believe in my heart you'll see many saved in heaven that you didn't think would ever make it. So here in Psalms 27, we're going to start off here in Psalms 27. He says, the Lord is my light. Now listen, before David's talking about the Lord is his light, before we get there, before Christ was the light of David, before Christ was prophesied when he was born, and the book in Luke chapter 2 says that Simeon held up Luke and said, uh, I mean, Luke chapter 2, not Acts. In Luke chapter 2, he held up, Simeon the prophet held up Jesus and said, Behold, a light unto the Gentiles, a Savior of the world. You know, before Jesus was the light, he was also that light when the Hebrews wandered around the desert for 40 years. But before he was the light, when they wandered around in the 40 years, he was the blood that was put over the post of the door. For when the death angel come over, all that was the firstborn would die. Do you see? We, they, we, they had a taskmaster. They had a, they had a man that was a Pharaoh that kept God's people, the, uh, the Israelites bondage. He kept them as slaves. And 
And you see, even today we have slave masters. Even today we're addicted to, to drugs. We're addicted to lifestyle. We're addicted to money. We're addicted to the things. We're Some of us are addicted to air conditioning. We ain't going to get out of this house for nothing. Listen, I'm telling you, it's crazy what we will put before God. It's crazy what our idols are. Some of us are addicted to money. We work two and three jobs or we go work all these long hours because we like reaching in our pocket <coughs> and feeling more than just our leg. Some of us love to look at that checking account that's got all them zeros behind it. Unfortunately, mine has a negative before it has the zeros, but some of us are on the plus. Some of us are in the black on the checkbook. And, and, and you know, and, and it's crazy that, that you see Pharaoh wouldn't let the people go. And it took 10 plagues, it took the flies, it took the blood, it took the frogs, it took lice, it took all these different different plagues, it took all these different famines to be put on Pharaoh before he was broken. And, and sometimes we got to go through a lot of different things before we are broken. We just didn't hear the gospel the first time and get it, or the second time, or the third time. We had to get to hear the gospel many times. Many times God had to crush that pot of clay that, uh, of clay that he was making for us and create us and bring us back up. He told Jeremiah, go down to the potter's house and watch what he does. And the potter was making a vessel. He's making like a up or a bowl and he didn't like how it looked and he smashed it back down on the turntable and he started rebuilding it again reshaping it reforming it to the way he liked it and that's what he said God told Jeremiah that's how I'm doing Israel and that's how he does you and me Sometimes we go down the wrong roads, and you know, every dream I had, everything I had conquered, everything I had acquired was taken away from me before God got my attention. And I'm so glad that he did. For me, it took a lot. Some people don't take as much as it took for me. I was hard-headed. Some people, it don't take ten plagues. But for Pharaoh, he finally had to lose his oldest son. Because what happened was they had to apply the blood. It took the blood, you hear me? It took the blood of a Pascal lamb to be put on the, on the, the, the post of the door. And then when the, 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 the death angel flew over, all that was under the blood, listen to me, not all that was qualified, not all that was certified, not all that was good, not all that was holy, not all that was educated, all the ones that was in the house when the death angel passed over was saved by the blood. You see, in Genesis 15, uh, God made a covenant with Abram, and later on he changed his name to Abraham, which means father of many nations. But you see, God couldn't swear by none other than himself, because no man was holier than God himself. No man was equal to God's holiness, so he had to swear by himself. And during those days, they, they, whenever two countries or two men wanted to make a covenant with each other, they would kill a cow, and they'd kill a she-goat, a she-lamb, and a goat, and, and some turtle does, or pigeons, if you will, and they'd cut them in half, and they'd walk through the blood. Well, after the day ended, it was nighttime, and, and, and this smoking uh, flax and, and this uh, uh, lamp passed through the blood, which was God himself. Abraham had went into a deep sleep. But you see, it's still the same today. You have to pass through the blood to get to that covenant. You have to pass through the blood to get some broken bondage that's knocked off you. You can't get to God except through the blood of Jesus Christ.
Now, I know that this week coming up will be Holy Week. It will be the week that we're looking to, uh, for Easter, and there's going to be a lot of sermons on Passover, and there's going to be a lot of sermons on the cross. But listen to me. Every day, you need to treat it as a Passover. Every day, you need to do it communion in your heart you may not take partake of the sacraments you may not take of the bread and 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 the juice or the wine whatever you do you may not do that every day but every day you need to remember that Christ died for you, that his blood was shed for you, and that this wasn't something that God did at the last minute, that it was always from before the foundation of the world, Christ was always to die on the cross for our sins. Christ was to always be the head of the church. Christ was always the one to be about faith. It's all the whole Bible is about faith. It ain't about law. It ain't about works. It's about faith. Faith in Jesus Christ. Faith is the evidence of things hopeful. Amen. Listen to this right here. I want you to look at this. I'm going to read down. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked one, even my enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Thou, though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Through the war should rise against me. In this will I be confident. I want you to think. There's ten things. That David just said in them three verses that we need to learn to live by. Ten things in three verses that we need to learn to live by. I'm going to go back over them. But you see, I want you to understand. We have an adversary called Slewfoot Satan. You have an adversary called the devil. The devil ain't on the streets. You don't see demons like you do on TV. You don't see the devil running around with, with pointy little teeth and pointy ears. and You don't see that. But the devil is inside the hearts and minds of people. And, and, and whether it be someone you love or someone you don't know or, or just an acquaintance. The devil will put something in their mind to say something to you to get you angry. To say something to you to create racism. To do something to you to create hate. That is the devil's game. He'll, he'll put something in your mind to tempt you to stumble and fall. To tempt you into adultery, to tempt you into fornication, to tempt you into stealing. You're just walking by, there you are, and you see a wallet at the gas station. Yep, there it is. You open it up, there's the ID, several hundred dollars. You take the money, turn the wallet in maybe, or you throw it away. You see, the devil will tempt you. I never forget this woman said she hadn't been recently, she had been recently saved and she'd been doing really good. Her, her downfall was pills. And said she walked into a dollar store. She'd been probably a couple months off of pills. And there it was 
in the parking lot, plain as day, about 20 lower calves in, 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 a, in a little cellophane sandwich bag. She, she was like, you devil, ain't no way. So she walked right on by, went into the store, come right back out, maybe we're gone. Somebody else done picked him up, something, you know, maybe, maybe the original owner that, that paid for them pills or maybe someone else fell for that trap of the devil, but she didn't fall for that trap of the devil. The devil, I want you to know that you are in a battle for your soul, and I believe these days are short, I, 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 and I... I I always say that because I believe in my heart, but today is the day of salvation. I hate to, I don't hate it because I say it, but I want you to understand that when you, when you know scripture, when you see the things going on in this world, when you see what's going on in other countries, you can feel it closing in on you. You can feel revelation coming to fruition. You start seeing the world lining up like the way the Bible says it will in Revelation. My goodness, you got to be spiritually blind or have your head in the ground like an ostrich. But if I tell you the rapture's coming next year and it don't happen, you might get out of church. I always talk about people in the 80s. There was all these books in the 80s and 90s about the year 2000 was going to be the end. Well, it wasn't. And then 2012 was going to be the end, but it wasn't. So I'm not going to tell you that it's coming in any time, no time frame. Honestly, it may be, man, it may be 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 years away. But my spirit don't bear witness to that. But my spirit also tells me that 120 people die every second around the world. Jesus said, today is the day of salvation. You are not promised to see tomorrow. It's important that not only, it's important that not only do you know that you are ready right now as you sit wherever you are, driving down the road, at your house, wherever you're at, are you ready right now to stand before God Almighty as you are without one last final prayer, without one last final repentance. Are you ready right now? Right now. Because you see those people that have them heart attacks and dying cars, they don't get no final prayer. They go as they are. So do you think you'll get a final prayer? Maybe God will grace you with a slow death and you do. Maybe his mercy will be to give you cancer and you do. But what if he calls you quick? Are you ready right now as you as you are to see the Lord? Let's let's go over these ten things real quick here before I'm out of time. The first thing he said, the Lord is my light. Is he your light? Is Jesus Christ your light? Is he the one that you look forward to? Uh, are you a light for Jesus Christ? Have you become a light in this world of darkness? Do people know you by your fruits of salvation? And do you look at the author and the finish of your faith? Are you a true disciple of Jesus Christ? Or are you just somebody that knows him? Have you ever got that light inside of you? He said, if thy eye is darkness, how great is thy darkness? Is your eye a light unto Jesus Christ? Does he live in 
inside of you? Do you have head knowledge? Do you, do you know all about him, but you have never put him from your head and into your heart and from your heart into your hands to where you're out there helping people and you're praying with people and you loving on people no matter of their sexual preference, no matter the color of their skin, no matter if they're wealthy, no matter if they're poor, no matter if they got a sickness, a illness, no matter what. Is he your light? And are you a refraction of his life? He says, He said, and my salvation. Is he your salvation? Or do you find salvation in man? So many people find salvation in the pastor. They find salvation in the denomination. They find salvation in what's taught and preached. But they took, they got too many pastors. Oh, I'm going to tell it. They got too many pastors out there that's looking for their sermons out there in other areas. They're looking for sermons on the internet. They're looking for some uh, sermons on, on, on commentary. They're looking for sermons, but not getting them out of the Bible. Pray, get, let God give you your sermon. Let the Holy Spirit inspire you because the problem is we, we, when we, when we don't tell people Holy Spirit filled sermons, then they don't feel the Holy Spirit. You're entertaining. And then all, all of a sudden the church is in love with you. They're not in love with Jesus Christ. They're in love with the entertainer. Do you know how many people Joel Osteen has broke? Listen, because of Joel Osteen, do you know how many people will not go back to church because of the things he said about the coronavirus? You won't ever get them people back in church. That me and my pastor was talking about that the other day. That those people, that he told them they were good and everything's good. You're fine. I'm fine. Big smile. Bible says there's none good, no, not one. But those people, he told them they were just fine. They have no need to change. They have no need to repent. That they're okay just the way they are. Man, has he ever read the Bible? The Bible tells us we so bad it took the blood of a God to die for our sins. The Bible tells us we so bad that we have to repent every single day. He says, repent daily. Turn from your old ways. Let that old man die. Crucify your flesh. How often? Every single day. Paul said, my spirit wars with my flesh and my flesh wars with my spirit. Paul, Paul, Paul never made it. Paul never lived a perfect day. The greatest preacher in the Bible, except maybe Isaiah, never made it. But yet, preachers tell us we just fine. I'm not going to tell you that. I'm not going to tell you that. I'm going to say you're wretched. Outside of Jesus Christ, you're just like me. You're wretched, undone, and no good. And the only good thing about you is your faith in Jesus Christ. And if you don't have that, you are nothing. You're an earthen vessel. You're a dead man walking headed to hell. You're nothing. I'm nothing. I was a dead man headed to hell. It didn't matter that I had a two-story house. It didn't matter that I coached Little League Baseball. It didn't matter that I was a deputy. Oh, none of that mattered. I was headed to hell.
But when I surrendered and my heart was broken and I accepted Jesus Christ, I know that there's nothing good about me. I still deserve hell. But only by his righteousness, only by his grace, only by his mercy, only by his love, only by his authority do I get to go to heaven. I can't put myself in heaven. I can't will myself into heaven. I can't buy my way into heaven. My way to heaven is my faith in Jesus Christ. And the same for everybody else. There is no one way for another, and this one gets to go his way. He said, all that came in any other way that tried to come in is thief and robbers. Read John 10. One way, Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. One way. Listen. He says, listen to this. Of whom shall I be afraid? Man, that is some trust right there. Do you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you afraid of the coronavirus? Are you afraid of the heart attack? I, I, I'm, 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 I'm not, I, I'm not talking about other folks because I hear them say it, and I, and you got your own reason for saying it, and, and that's fine. I'm just saying what I say, okay? And if I feed you, I'm apologizing ahead of time. I have a wife of 33 years. My oldest daughter is 32. My baby's 14. I got eight kids, and fixing to have our 11th grandbaby. But when I wake up in the morning, I don't say, thank you, Lord, for waking me up. I say, Lord, thank you for giving me another chance to represent you. But I'm ready to go home. I'm ready right now as I preach this sermon. Lord, strike me down and let me be in front of you to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. I don't look for another day on this hellhole called earth. I'm ready to go home. And does that sound selfish? God's been taking care of widows and orphans long before Danny Merritt was ever thought about. Been doing it a long time. I believe God's grace will cover my wife. I believe she'll make heaven. I believe that, that my kids will see me up there. Where's my faith? Where's my trust? Where's my hope? They all may go before me. I've actually been jealous since a friend of mine that got, he died before I did. He got there before me. I was jealous and I preached this sermon. I'm like, man, how'd you beat me up there? That's my hope. That's, that's my goal. That's my WBE belt. That's my reward. Heaven. I want my home. I want my mansion. I want to be in front of the presence of Jesus Christ Almighty day and night. I want to see God. I want to see the Holy Spirit. I want to go with all the saints that went on before me. I want to see David and Moses and Noah. I want to see Grandma and Grandpa. I want to see these people. I want to walk on the streets of gold. I want to be in heaven. My, 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 my life ain't about another day. My life ain't about another day on earth, but I know as a steward of the word of God that if I'm here, he's still got some work for me to do, and I'm going to keep preaching through every open door he opens for me. But I don't pray, oh, Lord, thank you for one more day of oxygen. No, sir, that ain't my prayer. I don't fear death. I trust in him. I don't fear death. I don't fear nothing but God. He says, 
Why would you fear man who can kill the body? He said, fear God who can kill the body and cast thy soul into everlasting fire. I got to know in my heart and believe that no matter what comes at me, whether it be an illness, whether it be an individual, whether it be a situation, whether it be finances, no matter what it is, that if God be for me, who can be against me? That whatever is happening is my life is to bring glory to God, that I am to rejoice in tribulations. And this thing that I talk about is not be, you can't do it in the flesh. It's against man's all natural thinking to be happy when something bad happens. But you can only do that through the power of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. Oh, my goodness. 28 minutes. Now, I didn't even get close to the, all 10. Maybe I'll do a second part next week. Listen, is your confidence in Jesus Christ? Do you love him with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind? Do you really love your neighbors? Do you pray for those that have despitefully used you? Do you pray for your enemies? Do you pray for those missionaries that are being in prison for Christ? I pray that you do. Because in our bubble, we may never see nothing that bad. And prosperity may cause us to stumble. I want you to Say a prayer of repentance with me. Whether you're saved or lost, today is a day of salvation, today is a day of repentance. Know this, I don't know your flesh, but I love your soul. Father God in heaven, we thank you, we love you, and we praise you. Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, that paid the ultimate cost on Calvary's cross. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the blood that you shed. We thank you for your love, the sweet love. We thank you for your mercy, your grace. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that you sent back to comfort her, to guide us and direct us. We thank you for the Word of God, the Bible. We thank you for our pastors and for our deacons and our Sunday school leaders. Father, be with us as we fight this spiritual battle till you call us home. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.